everyone, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. Find out more about her work at jasula.com. Guess what, everyone? It is my two-year anniversary of Gameplay Radio. Hey, congratulations to you. Congratulations to me. Happy anniversary. Um, thank you if you have been listening from the very beginning. Thank you if you have uh, listened partway through. And thank you if this is your first uh, listen to Gameplay Radio. We appreciate you being here. Wow, two years. <laughs> there have been so many guests and shows that I've really enjoyed over the course of the past year, over the past two years that I've been hosting this show. But I think that some of the really special moments that I've enjoyed for myself have been um, getting to play solo games and talk with you all, my listeners, one-on-one or one, just me, because <laughs> uh, we can't talk back. So that I thought I wanted to kind of sit here and chat with y'all a little bit and then, of course, play some some solo game with y'all. It's been a very intense two years <laughs> for many different reasons. Yeah, it's been intense for the world at large. It's been intense for us at home, and it's been intense for, you know, me as a person. Um, but really having this show has continued to be really a source of reprieve and joy for me, getting to uh, meet so many new and incredible uh, creators playing all sorts of different games was, I mean, it's been incredible. And also getting to discover all sorts of different games for myself. Um, and I think especially in the past year of Gameplay Radio, uh, I dedicated myself a lot more to finding and playing as many new games as possible in the year. Uh, so as to not just stick with one. And I feel like it's really been... <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like I've found new ways to tell stories and play that I wouldn't really have considered before. Uh, people who create games are outstandingly creative and imaginative, and they create these these structures to allow other people to play them too, and I think that's just awesome. And that's why I'm here. So <laughs> so it's it's been quite a journey to get here. Two years is not like one of those, like, what, five-year milestones or something, but I'm proud, and I hope that y'all are too. I hope that you get excited for the year to come. Um, I think that hopefully only good things are ahead for Gameplay Radio, uh, and hopefully uh, progress is made with everything else. <laughs> okay, well... You know, I think I feel like with that hope in mind, I'm not really even sure what else to talk about because it's just me today. And I think in the spirit of the show, I should just play a game. No, <laughs> that seems like a good idea. Uh, so let's make sure that we get in and do that. But before we do, you know what's coming. I have a couple of things I need to tell you all as members of the Radio Free Brooklyn community. So listen up. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and provide media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on air and allows us to continue the work in our community. 
please help by pledging whatever you can. Ready for Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Also, if you use Amazon um, and you absolutely have to, you have no other options, uh, you can put their dollars to work for us by going to amazon.com slash smile and registering Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support uh, so that whenever you buy something from them, uh, some of that money goes to us. So at the very least, we can get something out of the... Uh, Bezos Empire, um, but please uh, help us however you can, of course. Also, if you want to know what's going on with the radio station and the latest news about our programming and events, you should sign up for our monthly newsletter at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. A great place to find out all about the new shows that are coming your way and just to kind of celebrate with us too. Uh, and you can also follow us on the social media. Um, you can follow Radio Free Brooklyn specifically. That's at Radio Free BK, basically anywhere you go for social media. And if you feel like supporting Gameplay Radio specifically, you can find us on Twitter at Gameplay RFB or just me at Aaron is a bird on Twitter. I'm really just on Twitter. Is that a bad thing? Well, those are the announcements. Isn't this easy peasy? We're going to keep it nice and chill and simple for this two-year anniversary. Two years. I have been doing this for two years. Whew. And with that big breath, <laughs> uh, let's get on to the game that we're going to be playing today. I'm thrilled. Uh, as a little treat to myself, I mean, I'm playing a solo game today, so it's just me. Um, but I am thrilled to be able to play The Shrike which is a journaling book about a crew aboard an airship going on various voyages. And um, if you know me outside of Gameplay Radio or maybe in, I can't remember if I've talked about this before, I love airships. I love the idea of them. I love the concept of being able to kind of fly through the air in this like me mechanical like wooden there's so many different varieties of the way this could work it just the idea of being able to fly like that with that level of control and freedom it's just very exciting for me i couldn't tell you why and so i love airships and you know lo and behold you ask and ye shall receive there is in fact a solo role-playing game for being on an airship <laughs> so it seemed extremely apt to be able to play and enjoy this on my two-year anniversary. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, it was created by Sad Press Games, which is run by Joe Lindsay Walton. So thank you to you. Um, I mean, so the basic gist of what this game is is that it's, I mean, they have a number of different voyages that you can take depending on, this can be like a solo game or it can be a group game actually. Um, but regardless, you have your crew, you have your ship, you have a number of different resources, um, and you play it basically with a deck of playing cards that has been specially shuffled for these purposes. So, like, you draw a card, it has a prompt, and then you follow what it tells you to do, uh, and then depending on your success, that depends on what happens next, and kind of tell this story together um, about this um steampunky world <laughs> with with airships yes love 
so much. The deck has actually been shuffled. It has first been organized so that the clubs are on the bottom and then we have the diamonds and the hearts and then the spades are on top. And this is apparently to kind of structure the chapters of the story we're going to be telling. Um, how long is this gonna take? Well, for y'all, it will have to take about an hour. So we're going to see how we go through all of this. <laughs> but I have my ship. I'm going to be playing the game setup called The Voyage of the Semi Minnow, which sure, why not? Uh, and I have my crew, um, because even if you're playing solo, you do have to have a crew of four members, a captain, an XO, an engineer, and a navigator. And for those of you who, like me, weren't sure what an XO was, I looked this up ahead of time, and it is called an executive officer, the second in command to the captain. Um, so I have that set up here, and my lovely crew, we have the Captain Hennessy of the Rift. The Rift is a location um, that is set in this world that I've created, this kind of like deep, deep, deep canyon uh, on one of the um, continents. So the Captain is Captain Hennessy of the Rift. Uh, we have our executive offer or second in command. That's Sean, also of the Rift. We have our engineer, Frida, of the Antician. The Antician is kind of like the Arctic area of the world I've created. Uh, and we have our navigator, uh, Justine, of the Crawler, which I have chosen to kind of be a country that is aimed towards scholarly pursuits. They are all she, her, and I hope that y'all will enjoy their stories as much as I plan to enjoy telling them. <laughs> we are on our ship. I mean, it's an airship, but it has like these like massive like wind catching and maneuvering like sails hanging above it. And it has, um, it's like a steel enforced wooden material that it's made out of. So it's like wooden, like it has a wooden feel, but it has like this sturdiness to it. And it has some portholes and you know, a couple cannons. Um, but I wouldn't say it was a massive ship because uh, the premise of the voyage of the semi-minnow is that we are a group of vagabonds. <laughs> so we are not particularly um, a an official crew. We're kind of a ragtag bunch. So our ship is, you know, kind of like one of the older models. Um, I'd say like smaller to midsize, like bigger than a sailboat, smaller than a yacht. You know what I mean? And I mean, I think that's that's really kind of the setup here. Oh, right, I forgot to tell you where we were traveling from. Uh, so the idea is that uh, our ship has left the town of Windmere, which is off of the Centuriana coast. Um, the Centuriana is an oceanic area that rides between uh, the continent surrounding the Rift and the verdant lands of Wyon. So we'll see kind of what we create as we go along into the story. I think the next step to just start this is to draw a card. There will be, of course, more rules that come up as we play, and I will explain them as we play it. So I'm going to draw my first card off the deck and start chapter one. We got a two of spades. They're all gonna be spades at this point, I think. So on a two of spades, there are two 
prompts that I can pick. So each card has like a like a separate like has a couple of prompts. I'm going to I'm going to lean towards describing how our airship moves. So uh, semi minnow, it it moves through the use of air capture and movement. So it kind of has the system of lightweight tubing and sails and uh, balloons and this kind of interesting like mess and entanglements um, that kind of catches the wind as it pro as it like blows through the sails and uh, like kind of tries to capture it and like use that kind of power and momentum to move it. It's kind of like a magical kind of like capture of like wind momentum of natural energy that is happening in the air like with the pressure of like the atmosphere and everything and it's just moving and it's just moving it in that fashion it has a very interesting kind of series of things that are like above and inside our ship great we've decided that and now we get to take plus one tech for that um we have five different resources here. We have steel, guile, spirit, tech, and gold. Um, we start out with not a lot of any of them, <laughs> um, but I'm going to add another tech to what we have so far. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, the next we're supposed to start like logging things, kind of like telling these stories. Um, so I think we'll probably start moving into that now and I'll probably take on the persona of Hennessy as we go along. Because, um, of course, I'm going to be the captain of my own ship. All right, what's the next card? We have a king of spades. Okay, with the king of spades, I'm going to go with the first one here. Because I think this is like a good setup for, for some stuff. Let's see. The Iridron city of Hitgub spreads on the horizon. Here in the city of Hitgub, there has never been such a thing as religion until about a year ago. What new religion has appeared in Hitgub, and how has it been changing things? Is it associated with something else you have seen or done on your voyage so far? This is also where the Navigator's notorious brother lives. Ooh, uh, perhaps you'll pay a visit? If you wish, burn two gold to take plus one in any resource, so we can go shopping here. All right, let's see. So we've arrived in the city. Captain's Log. <laughs> we made it to the Iridron city of Hitgub. Why? I mean, I haven't been here in a while, um, and I kind of checked in on the rest of our crew, and to be honest, none of them have really seen this either, but there were these people around, not even just people around, but there were people, like, everywhere who, when they greeted each other, they would wipe the sweat off their brow and shake hands with it. As if, like, the salt in their own bodies that they were creating was sacred. And in fact, that's kind of the way that they made it seem. It seemed like there was some sort of religion about salt. There were kind of salt wards over the course of some doors and windows. Uh, and there were a number of different interesting... There were a lot of prayers by the, by the ocean, and it seemed as if they were saying that salt was the actual source of life. I mean, at least that's what uh, Frida told us. She, when as, about as soon as we docked, uh, she kind of decided that she wanted to uh, get off the ship because uh, she had spent enough time trying to um, make upgrades to her tubing and she needed a drink. 
So she went off and did that, and when she came back, that's kind of what she told us. We haven't really seen anything like that so far, um, but Frida seems a little weirded out, which is not usual, because she's usually the sweetest person I know. So have to keep an eye on that, I guess, going forward. But e maybe even more salacious to you, dear diary, I guess, the navigator Justine's brother, Benson, lives here. And last I heard about Benson, um, he had taken off with like skipper sailors. Um, side note from Aaron here, like it's the equivalent of biker gang for the sky. Um, and Benson apparently took off with this, with this group of sailors. And I, I mean, and it's a group that's supposed to have been causing damage to different ports, different cities around, around the globe. Um, but I guess he's, they're staying here for now. Um, they're called the, the strike force. And yeah, they kind of ran into each other in, uh, while we were doing some shopping for just general goods for, you know, our, our journeys. It didn't seem like a great reunion, to be honest. I gave them a bit of space because I don't know if they really needed my input there. You know, like sometimes people's family issues just aren't really your own, right? Like I have my own family issues. I don't need to get into theirs. I wonder if it's just a misunderstanding between them, you know? The strikers can't be, you know, that big of a deal. <laughs> I feel like we've fought worse on our own on the seas. Alright. I can burn two gold to take plus one in any resource. I think I'm going to do that and burn two gold to get some steel to make sure that if we get into trouble while we're in the air, we won't break down. So we have no money and a bit of steel. Okay, next card. Seven of spades. Ooh, an artifact. I want an artifact. In a meadow of wildflowers, you find a piece of equipment half submerged in moss and blossoms. You bring it on board. Is it a magma swarm station, a flame palps system, a flame portal, a golemic anchor, or something else? Um, at any time, you may awaken it by burning four tech. Wow. Uh, once it is up and running, take plus three steel and plus three guile. Alternatively, you may sell it at any shipyard opposed for two gold. Hmm. Okay. So, ship's log. We took a break <laughs> and um, we found this interesting piece of equipment, this kind of, go yeah, a golemic anchor. It seemed to be some sort of broken down metallic creature. Like its biggest feature was that it was heavy as fuck. Um, which, I mean, obviously our ship, the semi-minnow, can handle that. But it seems like it was really just made to do a lot of heavy lifting and work. This could be useful. Or will just give us a lot of money. So, hey, there you go. So now we have the golem anchor. Okay, next card. Ten of spades. Ooh. Abe the Brokenborn arrives aboard the semi-minnow. How? Do they adopt a role? Librarian, signal master, zoologist, or something else? They bring plus two guile and plus one steel. Add them to the lockbook. Okay. Captain's log. We picked up a distress signal from a ship that had risen too high into the thinner atmosphere levels. 
and um, was stuck and unable to get down. It looked like that their um, navigational system had been slightly damaged, and so the only direction they had was up, but they couldn't go up anymore, but they were suffocating. Um, so yeah, we ended up rescuing this person. Their name is Abe. They seem pretty, pretty nice. I bet they'll get along quite well with Justine. I mean, Justine's always been kind of a quiet navigator, really focused on her work, you know? Um, she's really just been... She, I mean, she does great work, but let's be honest, she doesn't get out a lot, um, except for when she's arguing with her brother Benson, apparently. Maybe Abe and Justine will get along, but they don't have to. But I think maybe Abe would be a good historian in a way. You know, we explore a lot of these different locations, and having someone who can can provide some insight into kind of the history of the places we're going um, would be really helpful to us. Abe seems to have a lot of knowledge, so why not let them help us out? So now we have Abe the Historian, and they are giving us some stuff. So we have plus two guile, great, and more steel. Frida's gonna be happy about that. Great, next card, Jack of Spades. All right, so with a jack of spades I've picked, there is a bareborn endless class battle barge called the Copper Bodkin nearby, and it's up to something. Is it scouting deep inside treaty territory, smuggling contraband from Zaga, rendezvousing with an Iridron sea ship or something else? So, Captain's Log. There's a bareborn, endless-class battle barge called the Copper Bodkin somewhere nearby. And I swear it's up to something. Usually, bareborn, endless-classes don't fly too far away from land. You know, they're really they're really made for to be foresting vessels, um, forest exploring, forest repairing, forest planting. I don't really understand why they're here. I feel like it could just be trouble. I might want to take a look. And so in order to do this, I'm going to burn one guile, which I can definitely do, to spy on their setup and take plus two tech for ourselves. So let's see. Let's burn that guile. Take that tech. We really need some spirit and gold. Yeah, I asked our executive officer, Sean, to work with Justine, the navigator, to kind of find and navigate our way into kind of some cloud cover to kind of um, spy from them from above and see what they're up to here. And it looks like they're smuggling wood varieties outside of the Iridian borders. That wood is property of the Iridian. I mean, it's they're cut down trees and that variety of wood. Um, I asked Abe, our historian, and they said that the the wood variety is rare and very expensive. Um, and it looks like that they have some kind of smuggling system set up there. It might be something to remember to see if we can figure that out. We need a little cash now and then, and if this is something we gotta do, sometimes we gotta do it. All right, another card. Five of spades. What kind of weapons does the semi-minnow carry? I think I already said this, actually. It's a couple of side cannons. And they have a pretty full range of motion, actually. Um, they just, you know, can't turn all the way in on themselves. But I don't think we have much else besides that, because it's a small ship. Okay, it says we can take plus one steel, so I'll take it. Who am I to object? 
And I think maybe we'll draw one more spade and then we're going to move on because I don't know if we can really get through each entire section of this full deck of cards. So let's just draw and see what we get. We got a queen. What happens with a queen? Ooh, we have a battle with a queen. Okay. We're being pursued by the rider in white. We can fight or we can flee. So let's let's see what Hennessy's gonna do. Uh, Captain's log. We're in some deep shit today. Uh, we were followed by the rider in white, this murderous ship. I, I mean, it can pick off like small teams, but it also really tries to go after like larger ships. And really what, what the rider in white does is this massive but surprisingly agile ship that is all in white shows up and really destroys and it consumes the ship whole in a way, like not in the way that it eats it. I mean, our historian Abe kind of told us that uh, the writer in white will capture a ship and then basically take it apart, take all the people and sell the people off or do whatever they need to do with the people and then also take all of the ship's goods and everything basically like suck out any profitable piece of the ship. So not, it would not be good. Our engineer Frida kind of warned us that running might not work out entirely. And I decided that we needed to figure out a way to stall the rider in white. So I told Sean to prepare the cannons and aim off the starboard side in order to shoot at the rider in white ship in order to at least damage it. Uh, and I'm going to burn one steel to do this. Now we have boarded it off. It seems that uh, we kind of aimed towards kind of the back ed end of the ship with uh, Frida's assistance in kind of pinpointing um, how the ship was flown and where like the most important section of the ship was. We kind of aimed in that direction and managed to get some very good shots in. It was very impressive. Sean did an excellent job. And I mean, I admit we put Abe on one of them just in case and they did not do well uh which was kind of funny but you know all hands all hands on deck when this sort of situation comes but at the very least we got away okay well we have been a jaunty crew for a little while and i think i'm ready to move on to the next section of the deck which is hearts so let's do a few of those okay chapter two we have a jack of hearts what happens with the jack of Tell us. So the great river of Ket winds through the chestnut trees below. You watch glowing crowds of violet-cloaked hoggles, probably northerners on their pilgrimage to the peace of Orelli, lining up to cross at the bridges of Butterhedge. We have a newcomer. Nikolai the Bearborn soon arrives aboard the semi-minnow. How does Nikolai arrive? Do they adopt a role or something else? Well, she kind of decided to board the, our ship, the semi-minnow, because to be honest, we, we got her having a disagreement with some of the other um, northerners pilgrimaging at uh, the piece of Orelli. Um, and we were giving kind of like a shipment delivery to them just to kind of make sure they had the materials they need to make the journey safely. And Nikolai kind of came up to us and said, I'm boarding your ship and requested passage. So we do kind of have a passenger now. She hasn't 
told us how far she's going, but she just kind of wanted to go wherever we were. Uh, seems a little bit misplanned, and I have to say that uh, Justine agreed with me, but if she has something to offer, then why not give her a hand? I mean, she's mostly a passenger, but it seems like she has some knowledge in battle. So, I mean, why not? We'll give her a master at arms title and see how she does. You know, can't hurt to have more people. We are getting a little crowded here on our uh, little semi-minnow. So we might need to, it might be a little bit of close quarters. I might have to put uh, Justine and Abe in the same room. Uh, don't tell them that I paired them up first before I paired anyone else up. Just don't, just hopefully they won't read this. And we also get plus two spirit and plus one steel. Hell yeah. Now we have more spirit and steel, but we hadn't gotten any spirit before. So this is exciting. All right, next card, we have a three. Yes, okay. So on a three of hearts, Zaga appears on the horizon. One of your crew has traveled this part of the world before. Apparently in Zaga, there is a particular form of magic based on emotions. Do you move on quickly or stay to explore? And I gotta say, um, Sean was very interested in visiting Zaga for this reason. Um, and I think she would definitely want to go there and explore. And I think she's done a lot of great work for us, especially after fighting off the writer in white. So, I mean, I, I, I allowed them to have a bit of shore leave, you know, while I also sold our golem anchor, the artifact that we found, because I mean, it was just weighing us down at this point and we kind of needed the money. Get our two gold. And I mean, otherwise it was pretty exciting. I admit Frida seemed a little tired um, and she spent most of her time working on the ship making um, just kind of standard repairs and upkeep. I mean, it's very rare that our uh, little semi-minnow has an opportunity to rest its haunches on the ground. So uh, she wanted to give it a thorough looking over. I mean, who am I to stop her? And in the meantime, I definitely, I think I went along with uh, Sean, Justine and Abe uh, as we went to go kind of check out this magic um, we found um, a magician who gave us a look into, we all kind of were imbued with this, like kind of like a brief loan on that kind of a magic where all of a sudden it was actually really easy to make our emotions into magical impulses. We were all put in individual rooms. We weren't allowed to do this as a group and I can understand why. Because uh, the moment that I was um, imbued with this ability to do magic, like it was hard to modulate my emotions when I had the magic in my system too. So every once in a while I would think about something that made me angry and then there would be like an explosion of fire. Um, and we had sorcerer's apprentices there to uh, make sure that I would be safe, um, which was probably good because it turns out I have a lot of emotions. Being a captain of a ship like this isn't easy. Yeah, I really want everyone to feel like they've found a home here and that they have a little bit of a place where they can explore. And I think kind of having a moment to myself to think about the emotions that I've had was a little bit difficult. I, I really felt um, and truly how much I care about the members of my crew and how important it is that they be uh, safe, as I said before, and happy. Um, and I think for me, I also... I found myself remembering a time when I was by myself and alone and I had a power of my very own, but 
it was difficult to remember that period of time where I felt so grounded. Literally, I wasn't a captain um, and I felt kind of trapped and sad and that was a dangerous emotion to feel <laughs> when you're imbued with, with uh, ma emotion magic, I have to say. Um, but funnily enough, um, I had this kind of outburst of void production. Like I made these tiny little like holes of nothingness that were starting to suck at the world around it, around me. But then as I started to do that, um, the apprentice who was there monitoring, monitoring me, um, this young woman named, this young woman named Nakia, she, um, she, she told me it happened all the time, <laughs> which was a little bit weird, but she was very nice about it. Um, and I really appreciate that. She also didn't really seem to, I mean, she was really nice about it, but nice in a way that it was like, it was her job. And so I didn't want to really impose on her more than I already had by forcing her to stop my depression holes, I guess. But it was interesting, you know, once we got back to the ship, Sean seemed like she had a great time and also a new phone number. I think she might have gotten a number from wh whoever her apprentice was, which is interesting. But Justine looked pretty good and she was looking at uh, Abe with, there was a look. That's all I can say, there was a look. Okay. Ooh, when you eventually set off again from Zaga, take plus one guile, I will do that. Moving on, Ten of Hearts. Oh no. Someone goes missing from the crew. Who? What clues are there to how they may have vanished? Burn one spirit to locate them and rescue them from their predicament. Otherwise they're gone for good. Oh no. Let's say this then. Abe went missing and Justine was surprisingly bereft about it. Well, not surprising to us, but surprising to her. We ran around looking for, for Abe and wherever they might have gone, and we couldn't find them then anywhere, which was bizarre because we were on the ship. We're going to burn one spirit because we've, I mean, I've come to kind of like, like Abe, and I am not really fond of the idea of just letting someone disappear from my ship while we were in midair. They seem to have picked up some sort of, like, ancient ritual book in uh, while we were stopped in Zaga, and uh, it seems that... They started to do this ritual. Sean looked it over and I mean, thankfully she's like the smartest person on the ship. I'm not really sure why she's second in command. I should probably, you know, promote her actually. I could think about that. But she kind of looked at it and kind of figured out that it looked like Abe was, was working with a ritual that is supposed to allow a person to look through time and like review their memories. But it seems that uh, Abe was maybe sent back to re-experience the memory instead. Um, and uh, it looked like we could break it just by breaking one of the one of the runes and actually it worked. We managed to get Abe back and Justine was very happy. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Justine hug someone before, um, which I wish had been me, but you know what, that's okay. That's okay, it doesn't have to be me. And uh, just, it was Abe. It was, it was really nice, actually good for them. Uh, we definitely uh, let the two of them be for a bit because it just seemed right. But afterwards, I definitely had a conversation with Sean about maybe changing the way we do things around here um, because Sean seems like the most responsible one on the ship and who am I to object, you know? Who am I, I mean, I feel like I, I, I do my work here, but I could easily do that as second in command. 
Um, so I actually talked to her about that and she said, yeah. <laughs> so I guess now I'm the second in command and she's the captain. Okay, now we can take plus two spirit, but we burned one, so we just gain one. All right, let's draw another one of these babies. The five of hearts. No, we have another battle. Fight or flee the Leviathan. <laughs> I love the description here. Uh, record scratch freeze frame. Yep, that's you there in the nexus of storm clouds and roiling serrated tentacles. But how did you get into the situation? Oh lord, burn eight spirits to win the battle and take plus four steel. Oh, I do not have it. I don't have eight spirit. I can't win this. Or evade the encounter by taking one damage and skipping the next card. Wow. Okay. Crikey. Executive officer's log. Hennessy here. Of course, I hand over commands to Sean right when we end up finding our way into the midst of the Sky Leviathan. Fuck. I was frankly terrified and I don't know, it was kind of nice for me to be able to show fear. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in the past I had to put on a face, but this time I just kind of looked at Sean for the answers and uh, she very easily really told us the thing that had to do, which was to get the fuck out of town, get the fuck out of Dodge, get out of there. So um, we, I mean, we got into this situation because we um, kind of had a night of drinking, to be honest. Um, and we were, we were all below deck um, having a good time. Nikolai went up top to kind of be the lookout, but she fell asleep. And then the lion was right there, and then we were in trouble, which was unfortunate. But we took a couple of kind of pot shots with our cannons um, at the Leviathan. There were so many tentacles. It was incredible. I don't think I'd ever seen so many tentacles in the sky. I mean, it had to be heavy, but it was outstandingly, like, it had to be lightweight because it was also in the air. It was so, like, wet, so humid, too. I mean, do you think a Leviathan can create an ocean in the sky i mean because like air is not that far from water so leviathan just swimming around in the midst of its own little sea little air bubble of water i've never seen the leviathan before so i mean it was cool um but also terrifying as fuck and we definitely got some damage which frida was not happy about I don't think anyone's really happy with Nikolai right now, actually. I mean, but Nikolai's like not really used to being on a ship, but she was kind of useless. <laughs> and um, I did not really disagree with Sean when she said that she wasn't happy with uh, Nikolai and that Nikolai kind of needed to repay her debts. We'll see how that works out. Anyway, we have one damage. Okay, I have no idea what story we're telling anymore, <laughs> but I think... For the sake of time, we should move on into the diamonds. So let's do that. Chapter three. Starting with a four of diamonds. Let's see what we have. Executive officer's log. We're in the city of Samir. We were invited to an activation ceremony by Dr. Jacob Askew, who Abe knows um, and got an invitation from, um, for a strange contraption. We decided to show up because 
you know, it's been a while of us being kind of a ragtag group, and I think us all and agreed with our new captain, Sean, that it was really important for us to kind of start having a bit of respectability and all of that, really, to try to, to get a little bit more attention so we can get more money, um, as we have, as mentioned before, quite a full crew. Um, so we decided to go to this activation ceremony, um, but it, it wasn't much of a ceremony. Uh, we just kind of stood around in Dr. Askew's cluttered workshop while um, Dr. Askew, like, fussed about and muttered, um, and then eventually they did throw a switch and nothing happened. <laughs> that was when Dr. Askew revealed to us that they needed a formula written in the book of wrath working, I think is the way that they called it. I was kind of not pleased about the fact that we had, our time had just been wasted uh, because Dr. Askew, I mean, it felt like kind of a trick, right? Because, I, I mean, I was watching Dr. Askew as, as they kind of, you know, moved around and I, I think it was all an act. I mean, they knew exactly what formula they needed as soon as the switch flipped and nothing happened. As if it was as if they were just baiting us in order to do the work for them. You know, I, I wasn't really into that. Yeah, I'm not in the mood to be kind of swindled into doing things. But Frida, you know, sweet, loving Frida was nice enough to, to say, you know, but what if, this, what if this research is actually important? What if this contraption is helpful to us? What if it's a new tool so we'd be able to actually fight things like the writer in white as opposed to constantly like running from damage? We could actually make a name as a ship and a crew that can hold our own. Uh, that really interested me and Sean say that much and so uh, yeah we um we agreed to help looking for this book is going to take some time we kind of asked abe our historian to do a little bit of research into where we would go for this uh book of wrath working and they did kind of say that they had an idea of where we could go they said that there was this lost library of works where it was this library of kind of older methods of creation that was kind of hidden away out of protection from those who might use it because some of the, like the the works that were discovered were quite dangerous in any case it seems like a place to start so we thinking about it and maybe we'll keep an eye out for that place next card Seven of Diamonds. Oh, it's a battle. We don't have enough resources to win, so we need to evade the encounter again, um, which means we're going to take more damage. Shoot. Um, executive Officer's Log. A couple of Iridron attackers passed by. We didn't think we were close to the Iridron borders, but apparently they decided to pick a fight with us? Are they trying to expand their borders? Regardless, they kind of came up to us, this group. They were all riding these like low ball riders, kind of small little ships, and they kind of surrounded us and tried to get us to give them paperwork for passage. They pulled out this like summoning horn, essentially. They pulled out this horn and they like blew into it. And I kid you not, this massive atmosphere beast pressurized globule of living pressurized air kind of started approaching us and you could feel the density of it as it approached. It would probably have crushed us 
entirely if it try if it ate us whole and it was very intense but we had to go i mean we don't we don't have we don't have the tech for this we had to leave and this was the whole reason that we've been trying to get more info anyway but nope we had to leave again with the help of justine for navigation we managed to find some cover as we uh escaped well not without you know taking a bit of damage as we go so now we're up to two damage uh frida was not happy Sean was not happy, Justine was not happy, Abe was not happy, Nikolai continued to be useless. There you go. <laughs> but I do want to do one more diamond at least, so I'm just going to pull this. Six of diamonds. This is an interesting card. You discover the source of the strange pestilence that has spread throughout the land. What is the source? How do you make this discovery? And what must be done to stop it? Executive officer's log. Well... We found the library. It looks like someone else has found it as well and has basically used the lost library of workings to create an aura of chaos. I think that's the way it was described. It sounded pretty intense and, and Sean did not look happy at the explanation. I don't think any of us are happy about the explanation, um, to be honest. Abe especially was not happy. Um, we kind of discovered this because we found the library. We discovered it in this suspended. It was almost like the library was carved into the un like the underground, like the underside of a mountain cliff. So it was just kind of hanging there. Um, but what we also found there was um, rune, like it was a rune circle. But it wasn't the one that we could really scour away it looked like it was um kind of a smaller one that was maybe part of a bigger hole somewhere else abe looked it up using the library which i mean i have never seen a historian so happy as was when uh, abe was allowed to run around the lost library like they were so happy also watching justine watch abe be happy was extremely cute just throwing that out there <laughs> they're just getting cuter and cuter every day yeah, Abe found the, the book. We also found the book of wrath working that um, Dr. Askew needed. So we'll have to get back there eventually. But I think this explains why people have been really... I, I, I don't know if I want to say off because, listen, we all have off days. But it just seems bizarre, no? Like aggressive. I feel like there's been a lot of change, you know, with this with the salt religion... And, and Benson leaving his home, which he had never done before, but he left it to go join this group of, of, of writers and the um, Iridian borders being expanded for no reason. And then uh, like other people doing like smuggling, like what is, it, it feels like everyone is urged to do the thing that is most, that will most break the cycle of the way that their lives are led. Is that something that we're doing too? I mean, I've, I've given up my role as captain. I think that's worth it. How long has this been going on for? Is this why I became a captain in the first place? But I love, I love the work that I do. I love the Sime Minnow. It's a great ship. It's a great crew, uh, barring Nikolai. Or is this just the way chaos works? It's good in some places and bad in others. We should stop it regardless, right? Right? All right, y'all. I think it's time for chapter four. So let's go ahead and move forward to the clubs section. Drawing a card. It's the Ace of Clubs. Drifting over the sea, you spot something marvelous peeping among the waves. What is it? 
Exo's log. That's right. I'm still the Exo. I decided it was a good thing. And Sean's doing a incredible job. She really is. Let me tell you, when you see the eventual birth of a Leviathan below you, you gotta be impressed. I mean, I was impressed. Nikolai, for once, doing her job, uh, was look- well, I mean, she wasn't actually looking out to see if there was anything around us that would be in danger. She was looking down, which is actually not that helpful, but she looked down <laughs> and she called out to all of us and told us that there was something cool going on. So we went to go and check, and in fact, she was right. It was cool. Little did we know, leviathans come from the ocean first, and we could see, like, a little one. I mean, little is relative, right? It was still much larger than we were, like, much larger than our ship. But this little, this leviathan was swimming along, floating in the ocean, just right there, just right there. And I could already see a bit of the water around it kind of rising and creating this dome around it. Like the Leviathan was already starting to create its home for the sky, but it didn't seem to know how to rise up yet. It was kind of cute. I did say it was kind of cute to Sean and she told me to go swab the deck. So <laughs> I, I think maybe my opinion is not for every member of the crew, but you know what? It is what it is. All right. Next card, Ten of Clubs. Ooh, an artifact. Bird in the sand, you find an orb of compassion. Uh, we do not have a rune master in the crew, so we don't know what must be done to awaken it. So we just have an orb of compassion. Probably um, our historian Abe. Really glad we found Abe, to be honest. Uh, they've been an incredible help, but it's not awakened yet, so we have no idea how much it costs or anything, but maybe it'll be good for something. Okay, next card. Two of clubs. The bitter Guten's few raises its towers on the horizon. You're a little nervous about your approach and landing. You've heard that in bitter Guten, the skies are filled with clockwork. But the stories that are told about this place aren't quite true. And I, the XO of the Sime Minnow, I can confirm this. The bitter Guten's few is... Well, it's a place that has a lot of great mechanics. Let's put it that way. I mean, these guys are filled with clockwork, but it's not like clockwork, like dangerous magic or anything like that. It's not about like time magic, which um, I admit that uh, Frida was a little bit anxious about when we were going in. But no, it's just people who are really good with their hands. And I don't know if I want to joke about that being good with their hands in more ways than one, but I'm already making the joke, so there it is, you're welcome. But, I mean, yeah, it was just kind of a pleasant place to be. And it looks like they will reduce the damage by two for us. They're, they're friendly people. It was, it was really nice to be there. Um, and they're going to help repair our ship, and our ship is damaged. So now we are back right up to snuff. The semi-minnow is doing really well. And you know what? We do have two cold. And I think I'm going to... I'm going to give them one. Because it's so nice. Very rarely do you have I encountered a city that has been like really nice to us recently, and I think we deserve, I mean, to say thank you. Like, we should say thank you when people are nice to us. Okay, six of clubs. Ooh, perfect. You attempt to save the land from the strange pestilence it is afflicted by. Do you succeed? What can be saved or healed, and what is lost forever? Exo's log. 
we kind of decided that chaos is is good, but not like in manageable levels. So the fact that someone is amplifying it is probably not the best idea. We decided to try to fix it. Ideally, wanted to find the people who created this to begin with, but I think ultimately we we settled for trying to for trying to find the original rune circle in order to completely fix this. And it took a lot of work. And when we found the original one, it was actually protected by um, the person who had created it. And um, they were encased in this mechanical suit, silver mechanical suit um, with kind of like clockwork gears in it moving around. And um, they, they just kind of stood and looked at us, never talked, just kind of had to fight them. Nikolai was finally sort of useful and helped us fight this clockwork person. We did manage to break it. But, you know, I kind of wonder what what history we lost. You know, Abe has taught us a lot about the importance of knowledge about the places that we're going and the places that uh, we have yet to be and kind of remembering where we've been. I mean, it's why I've kept up this log even though I'm no longer the captain. And I kind of feel this loss a little bit. And something about the fact that things are less chaotic I've kind of gotten used to it a little bit. I was having a fun time. But um, I was having um, a drink with Frida about this. Uh, I went to visit her amongst the tubing. And she reminded me that chaos can happen anywhere. And that uh, you can be as chaotic as you want to be. So you know, that made me feel better. That I could, I could be more chaotic if I wanted to be. So that was nice. All right. I think we should probably move on of the last chapter of this story. And it has this little description here. This is it. Take a moment to think back over all you've seen and done. Then talk about what your final challenge will be. Draw three cards to see if you can overcome it. If you're playing on easy, drawing only two. If you're doing epic setting, draw four. So I need to reshuffle this deck because you're supposed to include all of them. And hopefully this won't destroy me because I don't have that many resources so because I didn't play the game in full let's say Nikolai not so useful Nikolai she fought against this clockwork person and felt for herself that the lost library should be destroyed we disagreed with her but she left on another ship and we had to go and fight her and try to stop her from destroying this important historical legacy. So let's draw some cards. We're only going to draw two because fuck it. Let's draw three. <sighs> Shoot. Well, we definitely don't have enough material here because I got a three of hearts, which a heart means to burn spirit. So we can, we can complete the spirit. But I got a ten of diamonds, which is guile, and we only have four. And then a six of spades, which is tech, and we only have four. So I don't think we did well. I'll just wrap this one up myself. There are more rules to how this like final showdown works, um, but I don't know if I have the time. So let's keep going. I mean, we had to fight Nikolai. I don't know if any of us really were sad about that, because I don't think any of us got along with her. But by the time we got there, she had already set most of the library on fire. Um, we managed to save some of the books, um, thankfully. 
It was a very dramatic moment where Abe was almost caught under a flaming bookshelf, but Justine saved them. I definitely caught them making out on the ship later. You know, it was a, it was a rough day for us and a confusing day for us. I feel like there's so much about this world that we don't really know. I mean, we don't, I don't know if we have the authority to handle it. I mean, I don't know if we have the authority to say how anything is supposed to go. We just have our own opinions of how things are done and we try to do it in that way and hope that we're causing good and not damage. Sean seems pretty dejected about it. She kind of wished that she had seen Nikolai's betrayal coming, but I think she kind of made a promise to us later. And this, I mean, she was incredible. She made this promise to us later when we were all at our worst, where she said, we will learn from this. We will not just travel to try to get by. We will travel to learn. We will travel to protect. We will travel to make things better. I might have suggested we throw in a bit of chaos there too. Uh, Sean wasn't too pleased with that recommendation, but you know what? We'll see how it goes. But yeah, this is the semi minnow, and we're taking off. Okay. <laughs> Great, we did it. Oh my gosh. That was definitely something. I wish that we I had had more time with it, to be honest, because I feel like this is a story, this is a voyage that really lends itself to be played over many hours, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I really enjoyed playing The Shrike, uh, which was, again, created by Sad Press Games, so thank you. I mean, it was fun just being on an airship and being with a crew. You know, I think something else I really enjoy about uh, airship stories is the fact that I feel like you get to know the people on your ship really well. Like, it's about bonding with the people that you're with, learning who they are, trusting them, not trusting them, falling in love with them, not falling in love with them, at the same time that you're traveling the seas and exploring new encounters. But I just, I really enjoyed it. I hope that y'all did too. Again, happy two-year anniversary. It's been two years of Gameplay Radio, and I'm so happy to have been able to kind of take this moment for... Uh, myself and you all to tell a story together before we move forward with meeting new guests, new games, and a whole lot of chaos. So thank you all so, so much for listening to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I really appreciate y'all. Yeah, I'll be back next week for a Mother's Day episode. I hope you know what that means. I'm very excited about it and excited to see what comes next for the year. So I guess I'll just sign off. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye! Bye!